I think it's safe to say all of us want to find balance in life, but few of us actually do. Today, I'm joined by Erin Washington, author, podcast host, and lifestyle blogger. She is a former Division I college soccer player who has struggled with weight and body image for 20 years of her life. She's been able to find a lifestyle that finally suits her at 37 after having two kids. She promotes a balanced lifestyle of actually squats and margaritas. Today's conversation dives into exactly how she does that. If you're wondering how to create more balance in your life or how eating more and strength training can actually help you lose weight, this episode is for you. But before we start today, if you could do me a favor and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're currently listening to right now, it helps more than you know. You're tuned into Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. This is episode 176 with Aaron Washington, so let's dive into it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined today by Aaron Washington. Aaron, how are you? First and foremost, I'm jealous because you're back in my hometown area right now and I miss it. So how is everything out that way? Everything is good. Um, I'm raising a six and a two-year-old, so we've got that going. But aside from that, <laughs> life so a little is bit busy, right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Amazing. Happy to be here. Amazing. Well, yeah, welcome. Welcome. I want to kick things off with actually talking a lot about your platform is squats and margaritas. And mm-hmm. when I hear that, I'm like, one, that sounds very interesting. Total transparency. I'm a little over a year sober myself. And I'm like, yep. all right. When you first, we got first connected, I was like, I don't know about this platform. <laughs> I don't know about this girl. Like doesn't really align with my current values. But in actually following your content and a lot of what you are preaching, it's not just like, yeah, let's binge on all these margaritas and squat. No. It's this concept of balance and moderation. So I want to start there because one of my mm-hmm. biggest struggles post-sport for me has been finding balance, has been finding that sweet spot. And quite frankly, I haven't been able to find it around alcohol. So that's kind of where I'm at with things. Totally. What's that journey been like for you? It was a long one. It was a 20 year journey. Um, from 16 to 36, I struggled with just multiple eating disorders and having no self-worth, um, body image, all the things. And, um, in high school, I struggled with anorexia and I actually, I played soccer my whole life and actually started varsity as a freshman in high school. And, you know, I was playing, everything was great. And I was skinny because I was 14. And then um, when I was 15, I, my body started to change as that happens. And I started gaining weight and that didn't equate for soccer. I was like, no, I have to be fit and thin and lost a ton of weight and restricted. And it took a coach my junior year being like, your crosses aren't strong anymore. Uh, You've lost all the strength in your legs. You have to eat. So then my obsession kind of evolved into exercise bulimia if you're familiar with that where mm-hmm. I would legit drop down every calorie that I would allow myself and then go on an elliptical machine and work off that many calories eating disorders or a mental illness and in my mind I was canceling everything I ate out I could say I'm eating but I was like canceling it out and that went on for the rest of uh, my high school career just living with restriction depriving myself I was completely obsessed um, with losing weight because that was better for soccer and soccer was my identity. I played since I was four. I couldn't wait to play D1 soccer in college. And um, I trained like all summer going into uh, my freshman year and like I won all our fitness competitions and was like ready to go. And then I didn't play and we can get into that later. And then I fell into bulimia and depression and all the things after losing that identity. So my entire life was either like one extreme or the other, zero balance. It was either restricting, depriving myself or eating all the things, binging and purging. Um, I was miserable. I was depressed. And then I ended up, I met my husband. And when I got married, I kind of found what I thought you were supposed to do as a woman, like to lose weight. We're supposed to you know, be on the cardio machine and just eat more. I mean, excuse me, work out more than we consume calories in versus calories out. And I lived that way thinking I'm healthy. I'm not throwing out my food anymore, but I was 20 pounds heavier, Corey, like completely. My body was starving. I was over exercising and under eating and just frustrated thinking I'm doing everything right. What the hell I can't lose weight. And a trainer at my gym was like, you just need to eat more. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I used to throw up my food. I was anorexic. Okay. 
But at that point I had nothing to lose and I started eating more and my body changed. I turned back on my metabolism and it was like, my body trusted me again. It was like, she's going to eat. We can actually let go of everything that we've been storing to try to keep her alive. She's not going to exercise twice today. And when I kind of got in alignment and trust with my body, it's like my body went to where it's supposed to be this homeostasis by living with balance. And now instead of seven days a week, sometimes two a days, um, where you couldn't pay me to take a day off, I work out three or four times a week, more of an emphasis on weight training than Mm -hmm. cardio. I eat probably two times what I used to eat. I enjoy food. Um, I eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm satisfied, which is the key. And I have been able to maintain a 20 pound weight loss, living my life with balance and happy and having daily indulgences, like, which for me is like a glass of wine or a margarita. So I don't feel deprived working out less. And I wrote a book called squats and margaritas, a journey to finding balance to the woman who is over-exercising, restricting their calories and living their life miserable, um, showing them this balance that took me 20 years to find because I couldn't keep it to myself. Yeah, man, that story. <laughs> one, thank you for sharing at the, the depth that mm-hmm. you do. Um, yeah. I couldn't help but think, so prior to me moving to LA, I was the assistant fitness director at Columbia Country Club and Chevy Chase there. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you, how many, we need to get your book in there because I can't tell you how many women I see every day coming in there, just hop on the elliptical, maybe yep. sometimes even twice a day. I know. It's like, I would just walk by and be like, Hey, like, have you ever thought about strength training? Like I can, I can write you a workout. Like I won't even charge you just like try this out. Yeah. And they'd be like, no, 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 we're good. Like we, they don't want to bulk up. Yeah. They don't want to bulk because the men are in the weight room. It's, it's such a hard mindset to overcome. I'll never forget one lady I was training and it, it literally took six months to get her to like buy into weight training will actually lead to weight loss yes. rather than bulking up. And I had her deadlifting and I'll never forget one, one older lady came by and just made it one comment of, I remember when I used to lift like that and I just got so bulky and I was oh, like, God. oh my God, lady, you don't know what you just did. <laughs> You just reverse all of this. Yeah, all this work, six months of work. How do you navigate that and the external comments that come sometimes when you're least expecting it from the least likely person to to shed something on you? How do you deal with those triggers that possibly bring you back to who you might have been in the past? And how do you hold that conviction to who you are now? Because I found something that works. And first of all, if they the lady that said something, if she has a body that you aspire to have and take her advice, but it's, this is what I say to all women. They're like, uh, I don't know, bulking up. I say, go to the gym and look around the women with the quote unquote, best bodies, the most fit bodies. They're not on the treadmill or the elliptical. They're in the weight room because they have figured out that putting muscle on your body changes everything. It's the most metabolically active tissue the more you have, the more you burn, even when you're not working out, which was also ideal to me. You don't have to work out as much and you're not going to bulk like that fitness girl. Like you're picturing that big bulky woman who probably eats four times what you eat and works out eight hours a day to attain that. Like your body as a woman, your genetics are not going to let you bulk like that strength training three times a week. Like it's not going to happen. Get the bulk out of your mind. I have tone now. Like I, I never had tone because I would be like, I'm just going to stick to low weights so that I just tone and I don't bulk. I didn't see any tone until I started lifting much heavier. And Corey, like women are not given that message and I'm not a trainer. I'm not a nutritionist. And it's funny because like my writing coach was like, who, who are you? Like, why would anybody take your advice? Like you have no credibility. And I was like, I have done the research. I have done 20 years of over-exercise, restricting my calories, bulimia, anorexia. I tried every diet. Nothing is sustainable except balance because if you're putting muscle on your body and you're giving yourself a daily indulgence, whatever that happens to be, you're not going to quit. It's not a like, this is bullshit. I, I had a cookie, so I'm off the rails. And that's how I used to live. Like if I, or I, I would have like, I'm not drinking during the week and I have like a drinking day. My drinking days were like Saturday and Sunday. So all week I'd 
eat clean and not drink and then go on a bender on Saturday because it was my drinking day. Then you're hungover on Sunday. And it was just, I had all these rules on myself. Like it's not a drinking day. It's not a, and if I would have a glass of wine during the week, it was, I blew it. I might as well have a bottle of wine because it's over. It's not like a start and stop or you broke it. You make allowances in your day. If you had something like you had a glass of wine, like don't have it. You have a glass of wine at happy hour. Don't have a glass of wine at dinner. If you had like a chocolate chip cookie with your coffee, don't have one after lunch. And it's like, move on. Don't, I lived in such a state of stress, like looking at menus. And if we went on vacation, I had to make sure that the um, hotel had a gym and I would like set my alarm to get in a run and living like that, your body produces cortisol, a stress hormone that makes you hold on to fat. So all of my obsession and like that woman that you're saying two times a day on the elliptical, it's working against her. When you just relax and like calm the F down, your body, if it trusts you, just goes to like this homeostasis. And I've been able to maintain this at 40 through two pregnancies, enjoying life where I was miserable, striving for this physical ideal that I never found until I started living with balance. It's crazy. And we have to spread the message. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and what you just hit on something huge there that I want to highlight is there's a difference. I'm a firm believer. There's a, a huge difference between the theorist, the one that's just sitting in there. And, and yes, like there is time and value to reading and researching and, and learning. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but if you don't do anything with that knowledge, if you don't do anything with the certifications, the research, then who cares? Who gives a mm -hmm. shit? Yes. You need to actually go out there and apply it. You need to be a practitioner of what you are, are living and it, what I'm seeing and what I appreciate in just the short time of seeing and consuming your content is you're actually living this. And yeah. the other thing that I want to highlight, one of the major shifts that's helped me with, especially around eating, I had the opposite. When I stopped swimming, I had to rewire how much I could eat because as yeah. a swimmer, as a distance swimmer, I was the cardio junkie eating mm -hmm. 6,000 calories to try to stay 155 if I was lucky soaking wet. Um, I had to start to think of, well, when I eat more, like this past Saturday, me and my roommates had Cheesecake Factory and it was amazing. It was great. Mm -hmm. Love Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. I started to view those moments, those indulgences, no different than if I wanted to go and buy a new t-shirt or buy a new jacket, a larger yeah. purchase it would only be irresponsible of me if I started to go buy new jackets every single day. Yes. Then I'm going to run out of money eventually. But I if I that. if I just if I splurge on Saturday, I buy a new jacket, then I just kind of adjust my spending habits yes. the rest of the week, maybe even the rest of the month to accommodate. Okay, now I don't have as much money coming in. I've spent ninety percent of it on this one thing. It's no different than our diet as well. It's no different. Exercise. Probably going to feel that. Um, I love that. Go for it. Roll with this it. This is what I've also <laughs> found out when you said Cheesecake Factory. It, that would have been 100% off limits to, in my 20s and 30s, but 20s and half my 30s. But now it's like, I always use my fish tacos as a reference because it's my favorite thing. And if it's on the menu, I'm getting it. But they give you like three or four. Mm. How I used to order would be like, okay, fish tacos, but cheese on the side, no sour cream, uh, guac on the side this bland like fish in a tortilla that I didn't even enjoy. I would eat all four because I would like, like tell myself it's basically fat free. So I'm eating all of it. I don't even enjoy it. Now I order fish tacos exactly as they come, cheese, sour cream, all the things I eat one. Then I take that second to check in. It, typically I would not be satisfied. I would eat another one. And then I check in and I'm good. And your brain, you're going to be surprised when you order what you want you don't even need that much of it. Your brain is satisfied because it got fish tacos, not the bland bullshit that you used to get. And I don't need as much. And like in the mornings now, I eat like a cookie, a cupcake, something like that. I need in the morning with my coffee. Before I would eat sugar-free, high protein, low carb cookies that again, my brain was never satisfied because it was gross. I would eat the whole thing, trying to be satisfied on this bland food. Now if I get like a crumble cookie and I eat like a fourth of it because they're as big as your head, 
that's all I need. Cause my brain is like, I got a crumble cookie and your brain is satisfied because you're getting what you want. I say, order the thing and just be mindful. If you're hungry, eat when you are satisfied, stop eating. And I, I always like, I never wanted to waste. I would just like eat all the food because I didn't want to like throw it out. I'll eat two fish tacos. I'm satisfied. I'll take it home. I put muscle on my body. So I'm going to be hungry in an hour and I eat the rest of it. Then it's like, I'm eating the same amount of food, but I'm not bombing my body with three huge meals a day. I eat all day long. I eat what I want. And I'm satisfied with not even that much of it because it's real food. It does that make mm. sense. <laughs> a, th- a thousand percent. My mind immediately went to the story. My dad would always tell me. So my, my, dad's side of the family they owned the first health food store in dc like pre whole foods moms organic yeah. trader joe's like started in the 20s they sold uh late 80s and my dad worked there i believe in the 70s or so and he would always tell me the story of they sold these low fat uh weight loss cookies and mm-hmm. he said women would come in all the time asking for their money back after buying these cookies <laughs> So they put on weight, they added, they put on fat. And my dad's yes. questioning was always the same. Well, how many did you eat? And then go, well, I ate the whole box. They were so good. And he goes in, in one, yeah. In one sitting. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, like, <laughs> of course. And he goes, oh my gosh, there's this yes. thing called a serving size. But what's really fascinating to see, <laughs> I wanted to bring that up because fast forward now, like 30 plus years later, it's really refreshing to see someone like yourself using your platform to educate and inspire and share an alternative and be yes. like, look, you, it, there's nothing inherently wrong with that one cookie, that one cupcake. No. I mean, I hope you're eating Georgetown cupcakes because those yes. are like some of the best in the area. But before it would be like, if I had one, you'd be like, you blew it. So you would just let yourself eat you like five. that for the rest of the weekend. I'll start <laughs> over on Monday. Like, it just, that doesn't work. Like balance, have it, move on. Don't stress it. Like I, I, I eat completely different now. And I use, I use my platform. I shared something today. I share like before and afters. I was 20 pounds heavier when I was eating salads and doing cardio seven days a week. So I'll do like a before and after and be like, this girl only ate salads. I wouldn't snack because I'd be hungry. And it was almost like a win. Like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to save my calories for a meal. And it was always in my head, like calculating calories in versus calories out. Mm-hmm. And my body was starving. It was holding on to 20 extra pounds of weight, trying to keep me alive. Cause it's like, here she goes again, working out. I didn't enjoy my life. I only ate salads, dressing on the side. And now I order what I want. I put muscle on my body. And when you see it like that, how I used to look when I lived with deprivation and restriction and sadness, <laughs> like be in frustration. And now it's like, I'm cheating. Like it feels so easy because I just honor my hunger cues. I listen to my body and I have been able to find my physical ideal by taking care of my body in a healthy way. And Mm. it's just, I have to spread the message. I had to write the book to the woman that was me 10 years ago, 20 years ago on the treadmill, thinking you're doing everything right. Living a life of stress. It's not that way. Like in half of my book is my story and my struggle. And the other half is exactly the things I'm saying today. Like order what you want, check in, put muscle on your body, stop stressing. And like your body will finally trust you and let go of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, (laughs) I I just love everything that you are about. And and I'm just really enjoying (laughs) this conversation because it is. (laughs) It is refreshing to see that, you know, we think that when we're depriving our body and there is a time and place, and maybe this comes from inherently introduced to us, maybe not intentionally or not meant to cause harm in athletics of, Hey, make these sacrifices to get X result or Y result. It's almost like our body then says, okay, you're going to deprive me. I'll show you. I'm going to hold yes. on to some stuff that yes. you don't want either, by the it's way. It's working against you. <laughs> yes. And yeah, an athlete, like when we got it, I remember the first thing we came as a freshman, you get weighed. And it's mm. like, I hated, there was so much of my life where my day was determined by a number, like my worst. Like if I got on and I had gained, it was a shitty day. And it all, like I could be having a great day, but as soon as I saw that number, and it's like, now I talk about that now, putting muscle on your body, like, Everybody says like muscle weighs more than fat or it's like, 
It doesn't, it weighs the same, but it takes up a lot less space. So you may not see the number in a weight loss, but your clothes are gonna fit better. You're gonna like be hungry again because your metabolism's going like muscle changed everything. And it was like, I was almost scared when I was in a division one strength and conditioning program to put on muscle, because for me, that was weight on a scale. And women are just, we've been conditioned through diet culture that like thin is desirable and thin is like worthy. And that is what you're supposed to be. And that's all you see. Like, well, it's changing now the aesthetic, but like, I didn't have social media growing up, but I had like the grocery store line where all the girls on the covers were thin. And like, that's what you're supposed to strive for. And I couldn't like reach that when I was trying so hard and that was my only goal and then happened to reach it when I calmed the F down. <laughs> yeah. Our I hormones mean, are a crazy thing, right? That, yeah. And well, people think too, you have two kids now you're 40, like it's going to get harder. And like, I found this at 38 when yeah. I had all the time in the world to be in the gym. And I was <laughs> seven days a week. I weigh 20 pounds more. Like I've figured something out and I may not have, it's almost like, I don't want to get like my nutrition certificate or like a training. Cause it's like when trainers would tell me this, it's like, whatever. If someone who is just like a regular person is like, listen, yeah. I figured this out and I don't talk macros and all this. I just say, talk like a regular person. It's like, and I show where I came from that I almost have like trust and credibility and sharing with my eating disorders. Like, oh, did I lose you? You're still there. Okay. That's time <laughs> I just declined and then it, oh, okay. There you go. Um, I don't know. It's just like, I, I may not have any credibility, but I have done the research, um, even though I don't have a certificate saying that I, you know, can, but people would be like, wait, how much heavier? Like someone wrote me a two-star review on my book because I didn't tell you how much to lift. And I was like, first of all, that's a little subjective. I can't tell every woman how much to lift. I you said, if you are, but I could, but I do say like, if you, some people are like, I am weight training, but I don't see any results. It's like, how long have you been going and just picking up the 12s? And that's your body is just conditioned to pick up the 12s, pick up the 15s. When that starts to feel comfortable, you go to the twenties and you start lifting heavier, heavier gradually. But if your body is not being challenged, you're not going to see muscle tone. Like you're lifting, but are you challenging yourself? And I feel like I can say these things without being a trainer that if you just go a little bit heavier, like I don't want anybody to get hurt. That's when I saw the result. And that's when I saw tone. Mm. And when women are so like, they just shy away from weights. Cause I just want to tone. I don't want to bulk. You're not going to tone until you start lifting heavier and like, trust me on that. And here's where I've came from. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like one of the, the most frustrating things that I hear from trainers in the space are when people are like, well, they don't have any credentials, but they're getting traction. And they're like, why? And it's, it, you just hit on it because you're an everyday person and you're just sharing your experience in a very, yep. very relatable, same language. I see yes, so many yes. people on social media right now. I have so many friends that are in the coaching space, whether it be life coaching, nutrition coaching, fitness mm -hmm. coaching, whatever. Everyone's a coach these days. They, <laughs> so they are creating content to impress other coaches and show how much knowledge they have yeah. rather than actually speak with the person that they're trying to speak with. I was like, you're missing the whole point. Like, I don't care how knowledgeable you are at what you do, but what I do care is like, you can make such an impact with the people that do choose to follow you and your audience and your people, your community if you speak with them and you nurture them and you're there in the trenches with them and you build this relationship where it's like, Hey, look, like you and I are in this together. Like we're figuring this out as we go yes. today. It might be twenties tomorrow, you know, three weeks from now, I might be lifting up the 22.5s or the 25s. Yeah. We're going to figure this out together. Yes. People buy into that rather than you coming in and be like, well, you need X macros and you need to hit yes. these, these metrics in your, in your weight training goal. I got my CSCS and I'm like, I barely use this thing because 99% of the people that I work with don't need a formal strength and conditioning program where they're trying to increase a three rep max yes. or, or a one rep max. You know what I mean? Like they're not in pro sports anymore. Yes. They're out of it. They're retired. They need to just figure out how to lift throughout the day and throughout the week. Great. The timeliness that you just said that I spoke this weekend with, I actually had like a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like I'm confident 
with my story, but as I'm seeing this roster of women speaking and I'm last, they're all coaches and like they've done this and they're putting people through like vision boards and all these things. And I'm like, people are probably like, who is this girl? Like, why is she even gonna go? And at last I was like, I'm gonna share my story, what I've learned and then how what I have learned can help you. And Corey, right after mine, we went to like this cocktail reception and I had like a line. And people were like, I want you to coach me. And I was like, I'm not, I don't coach. I'm not like a, and they're like, no, like whatever you have, like I'll buy it. Like just write, like whatever they like wanted more from me. And they weren't even going to the coaches because I was just talking like a normal, like this is, and I'm not up on a, up on the mountain, like everyone down there, I'm up here. And this is what I figured out. It's like, I'm struggling too. And this is like, we're all in this together. And I just taught, I shared my story and then everybody wanted me to coach them. And I'm like, I'm not a coach. And I wasn't my intent was not to get coaching clients. It yeah. was just to share my message. And that's who they wanted to coach. And I found that too, with like the eating, I'm very um, candid about my eating disorders. And so many women message me and they're like, thank you for saying it out loud. Like I was bulimic or I am bulimic and I'm not even my husband knows you're the first person that I've told, but it's because they trust me because I'm sharing all my shit. And when you go into a therapist, like an eating disorder therapist, it's like, they're like, their life is together. And it's like the mm. whole time you're like, you don't get it. There's no way you get this. Like you're a professional, you're a doctor, but I am like someone that people are comfortable with. Cause I'm like, yeah, me too. I share everything. And then people want me to coach them. And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I don't, I'm not a coach, but I was the one that had the line trying to get <laughs> people wanted yeah. me. And I was like, that's so funny. Cause that was not what I was there for when it was what the coaches were there for to get new clients. And I was just sharing my story, but that resonates. Yeah. Well, I, are you familiar with, we've talked about this on the show actually before, but are you familiar with the Roman theory um, of communication, the Roman scale? Mm-mm. Cool. So a lot of the reason why that happened from what I'm observing is a result of when you are communicating with someone, even just right now, right? Like when you share something, it has weight and value of it. The more open, the vo- more vulnerable, the more transparent you are, the, the, w- the heavier that share is there's almost this like subconscious responsibility of whoever you're speaking with, whether it be a crowd on social media or a crowd in person, or just one-on-one with someone to, they have an option to share of equal value and to even out that scale or, and that will bring you guys closer together. Or they can just say like, Hey, I appreciate you sharing that. Like for me, I don't have your experiences. I, I can relate to some degree, but I would be actually doing both of us a disservice if I were to sit here and be like, oh yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Like, no, that's, right. That's Just my story. Trying to level this yeah. You'd be like, oh, he's a total phony. Like you're going <laughs> to pick up on this. But I think again, that's what so many coaches and trainers and people struggle with is yeah. they, they struggle to open up and share, but yet they expect whoever's sitting down across from them to share that as well, because they're worried of this perception of, well, if I, if I share that I struggled with my weight at some point, then why would they hire me as a personal trainer? Yep. (laughs) I'm a fraud. And I get that. That, I mean, it makes sense. I get that. But it's like, that's not what people are. If you lost a hundred pounds and you, you have found this body, that's who I want to train me. Not someone who's always been fit. Like it's the stories and the struggle in the, yes, that's exactly Yes, that's exactly it. I love that. I mean, I, I didn't know about that. That totally makes sense because then the scale is like kind of even and you're closer together than being. Yeah. 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 The and more people open up. Yeah. I love that. Well, okay. Again, it's part of your balancing act. We'll just call this episode, the balancing act, like finding, finding that level playing field and yes. what works for you because that's okay. like, go ahead. I know we we're going to talk about <laughs> other things and we totally can't. I kind of, I want to get into this alcohol. I would, I want, I know you're sober. That's yeah. amazing. And a year I, and I said, I'm talking, have you, you need to look at for the book. Uh, well, you, you're already so the naked mind okay. by Annie Grace. And she, it's like, she has studied how the brain works and how being an alcoholic or drinking every day. It's not a habit. You're um, addicted. It's an addiction and how it's different from a habit. And it's like opening my mind. And I, I get it all the time. Like people are like, if you we're struggling with eating disorders, finding another addictive behavior like drinking is so dangerous. I have found recently how like uncommon it is that I can moderate. Like Mm -hmm. I truly, if you told me I can't have my glass of wine, I'd be pissed. And it's like, so you need a glass of wine every day. You have to drink. Yes. But 
then I don't feel deprived. I don't need two. I'm not chasing a buzz. And when, so now I guess I have to be more careful when I'm putting out there that I drink every day because I do, um, before, like I shared earlier, if I couldn't have that wine and I make it for a couple of days and then not, I feel deprived and I have a glass of wine, then I'd have a bottle of wine because I'm allowing it. I'm able to maintain this balanced lifestyle. So if you took it away, yes, I wouldn't, I would be pissed that I couldn't have my glass of wine or a beer. I, I usually like something with a meal. Like mm-hmm. if I'm having wings or tacos, I want a beer and I need to have a beer. I'm not going to say, no, I'm not drinking today. And I, so me saying that I need to have it, I guess it's, it's a habit or it's, it's an addiction, but I don't drink to excess. Like I truly don't. And when people come on, they're like, yeah, but what's, what's one beer It's going to lead to another, but I'm, it truly doesn't for me. And I was interviewing a woman that was breastfeeding and she's like, well, you know, I haven't been drinking. And I was like, well, you can have wine, you know, when you're nursing. And she was like, yeah, but what what's the point of one glass of wine? And I was like, I, to me, yeah, that's everything to like, I guess that's a very different mindset than most people have. Like, I was like, no, I need that one glass of wine, but she's like, what's the point? And I, and I thought about it. I was like the point, like, I'm not trying to get drunk but I do need my glass of wine and I do need that the margaritas part of squats and margaritas. So I'm so excited to have that conversation with her because she's naked mind. Uh, Annie Grace is coming on my show, but I wanted to say with you too, was it like a, you couldn't moderate. It was at, it was like making your life. Yeah. I feel like it enhances my life. And I hear how that makes me sound like an alcoholic. No, no. But, and what I, what I love about this conversation is like, there's, I'll preface it. There's no judgment one way or the, the other, uh, yeah. which is what I love. Like you're curious about my experience yes. and I'm curious about yours. I am one for me, uh, really kind of analyzing it and looking back postpartum, <laughs> post, uh, postmortem here, looking about the past journey. Gotcha. Yep. What was super interesting, the way that swimming was, especially college swimming, was we were really only allowed to drink one. Like if we were to drink and go out, like we were allowed one night a week. It was Saturday nights because we often had Saturday morning meets. We had a 48 hour rule before all meets mm-hmm. where you weren't allowed to drink 48 hours leading up to it. And then obviously I was like, well, I'm not going to drink Sunday night because I have homework and like Monday, whatever. And obviously in college, it's that binge culture That's- anyway. That almost like even more exponentially um, amplified it was that just structure in place for me. So I found for a while post-grad as I was trying to navigate post-grad life, it was a lot of, I, I like to have a lot of scalable rules, my life. It just makes decision-making easier. Yeah. Uh, And what I noticed actually was one of my scalable rules was, well, no drinking during the week. I'm not a happy hour person. Maybe this also comes from my athletic background, but I couldn't get down with fun during the week. Monday through Friday was work business. business. Like, yeah. That was getting down to it. Yeah. At 23 years old. Yeah. All the business that I'm doing. Great. I and, mean, that's uh, awesome. and then a bender on Saturday. Yeah. And then like yeah. Friday, well, yeah. then it became, well, I could go out Friday night as well. So I introduced that and that became a large night out with friends probably until I mean, that was the worst when I was coaching because it was, I was up at four in the morning, coach, teach all day Friday, and then finish at like 7 PM, go meet up with friends, go out until nearly like two, three in the morning, almost 24 hours of being awake. But I also had another rule where I wouldn't miss my Saturday morning workout ever. So I'd get like three hours of sleep, go to the gym and try to lift really heavy and get that sweat it all out, sit in the sauna then go meet up with friends again for brunch, do the Saturday all day type deal. And yeah, I found because, because of my, my scalable rules, similar to what I'm actually kind of uncovering in this conversation is similar to you, how you were restricting certain things that actually Mm -hmm. made you crave them more and more Yes, down the road. It made it more tempting. It made it more like if I didn't drink during the week and that's what I used to do Friday night, I could not wait to have a margarita and I would have all the margaritas or if I open a bottle of wine, I'd have to finish the wine because tomorrow's not a drinking day. And it made it now it's like wine is such a part of my life. It's not tempting. Like it's not even 
I don't know. It's like, I, I never drink to excess anymore. I never hung over because it's not, I'm not saving up all week to go on this like bender. And yeah. like, because I have it every day, it's less, it makes it less tempting and less of a, it's just a part of my life. Like it's, I, I don't want it taken away, but I, cause I, I want it, but I don't overdo it because it takes away less of, I guess it's not, I'm looking for a word. It's not as like, it's just part of my life. I don't look forward to this great thing. It's just a thing that's part of my life. It's not as scary, almost like, no, I can't drink the week. You just, if you feel like a glass of wine, you have it. And then I would drink on the weekends because it was a drinking day when I didn't even feel yeah. like it. I was like, well, I got to drink because Monday I can't. That didn't work for me. Like allowing nothing is off limits works for me. And I think that's what it comes down to. This serves me. If alcohol was not serving me, and yeah, I'm not going to say I never drink too much, like, and in, in January, I went to a uh, 40th birthday party and I was like, I needed to do this too. I will never drink that much again. And I like, I was driving home the next day with my kids. Like I'm in the passenger seat, so hungover because I had like four margaritas and I was very, I was like, I will never do that again. Like yeah. I will never, I never want to feel this way again. I never want to be in front of my children like that again. Like I know that I'll never do that again. And it reminded me, like, I, I don't want to drink to, ex to excess. It, I moderate it and it works for me, but. I'm learning now how rare that is. And I don't want to trigger people and be like, yes, drink every day and you can be in, I'm in the best shape of my life, but that is truly what I do. And I don't know, like, I, <laughs> I don't want to not do that. Yeah. Well, what I, what I really appreciate that, like actually hearing you and hearing you out and hearing your side of things, it, <laughs> it, it basically, obviously when you first, when I first came across your page and we connected on social it was like okay this is a is it gonna be another another fitness yeah. influencer that yes. <laughs> you know works out is in shape and then binges on the weekends type deal that's an that's immediately kind of where my brain yes. went because that would hand raised like that was me for a couple of years too I know those people and I was, was like too. yeah and I was yeah, like, oh, no, it's, it's really refreshing to <laughs> to learn more and be like, oh, OK, no, it's it's actually one or, you know, one drink, maybe two here and there. Yes. And, uh, no, better... I mean, it's every day. Yeah, I, I truly drink. I I am thinking that maybe I, I'm picturing people that I know that like drink too much. And I feel like if I explain what I do, that might help them. Like they're never going to stop drinking, but it's like, it'll make it less of a tempting thing to do when you make it part of your life. And it's just something that you have every day. There's not a need to drink to excess and to mm -hmm. binge drink. Like that doesn't, that's not enticing to me. And it used to be because it was like my drinking days. It's just maybe the moderation that I do and sharing exactly what I do can help someone that is over drinking because Absolutely. I used to but I, I'm not going to stop. Like I, like, and it's not, I guess I shouldn't say drink. I get, when people hear drinking and you drink every day and they I think the worst, they think, they think, they think I mean, exactly what I, my brain went to was, yeah. Oh, she's having not, three no. margaritas with, <laughs> no, I would feel like shit the other, the next day. I don't, I don't want anything to mess with my sleep. And so I've mm. even learned, I had a sleep specialist on and she's like wine. She's like, have you ever had a glass of wine? And it's such mommy culture. Like, you go to yep. bed, you have your glass of wine and she's like, you fall asleep. And then a couple hours later, you're just like, bing, wide awake. You're thinking about all the things. And I was like, yes. And she's like, because the sugar is going to hit after mm. you go to bed. As soon as she said that, I was like, no more wine at night for me. Like n I will not forego sleep for anything. So if you're going to F up my sleep, I'm not doing it. So I'll have a glass of wine with dinner, but, and I used to maybe have another glass of wine, like before I went to bed, it's not happening. So I'm not going to, I'll drink my wine at like six, but that's it. Because I don't, I'm not going to set myself up for feeling shitty the next day or not getting a good night's sleep. And this works for me. And I've tried so many other ways of doing it. And it's like that cycle that you just described. I ate so clean during the week. I didn't drink anything. And mm -hmm. then I'm dead on Sunday, hung over. And then you start again. And it's just this cycle. And I, to get me out of that cycle, I found this balance and moderation that works for me and serves me when nothing else did. Yeah, absolutely. One of the the topic that I guess at this point I I had this conversation literally forty five minutes ago with the person, but it will be last week's episode by the time this airs. One of the terms that came up that is 
gaining a little bit more traction is this terminology of sober curious, which is just exploring little pieces of sobriety, not going full fledged one way or the other. And that's what I'm kind of hearing a lot in what your platform is, is it's, it's not so far counterculture of like heavy drinking every day. It's like, no, because for me, a lot of what I realized too, is I needed to start creating social experiences outside of alcohol because all my social experiences were me and my friends going to secrets in ocean city, Maryland, spending the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this was great. It was a lot of fun. There was tons of great memories from there, but I wanted more. I wanted to explore other parts of ocean city or other areas that I go to see. And it's been a blast. I don't know if uh, people ask me this all the time, if like, if I will start drinking again or will I not? And to be honest, I don't have an answer one way or the other. I just haven't had an environment or something come up that I'm like, I want to enjoy one drink here. And maybe I will. Like I, I just went through something similar with my diet of years ago. I went full vegan for like three months. I was like, oh, this is kind of tough. I want to go vegetarian, did vegetarian for a year and a half, then became pescatarian. And just recently started introducing back meat into my diet a little bit more consistently. I'm like, maybe that's what I'll do instead of red meat for dinner every single day. Like I love that kind of deal. You know what I mean? You're finding what works for you and you're thriving. That's what I'm, I'm a hundred percent sober curious. And I think this book has made me change. Like she was like, I drink two bottles of wine every night. And then I would go to uh, work the next day and just she's like I was so used to just feeling like that like you don't remember what it feels like just to feel good and I was like oh I, like I'm interested and when you're reaching for a drink when you're just at home like there's something about like should have some cocktails be out with your friends but when you're just reaching for a drink at home mm-hmm. and I thought about that and I have had that moment but like why am I drinking like it's like what are you really searching for what do you need right now what is that drink going to give you and it's just making me look at things differently I think I do drink less after really exploring it, I am sober curious. Um, it's probably not great for my brand <laughs> to, to I, say I drink less and that I, but honestly, I, and I do feel better. Not drinking at night has been, so I've drank less and have found a benefit to that, but I'm not at the point where it, I, it's like a pairing. I think another thing, Corey, is like, I used to use food as like something that I would reward myself with, something that was, mm-hmm. I would take away, something that I would use as a means to throw up. So, the fact now that I truly enjoy food, I order what I want and it's like a pairing. Like I want red wine with pasta. Uh, like I said, beer and chicken wing, it's all part of an experience. And for me to like find food as an experience now, is such a big like juxtaposition from how I used to live. So that's a, it's a part of the food experience. It's not chasing a buzz. So I don't want it out totally, but I am sober curious and I want to feel my best. And I think just limiting it at night has changed that for me. I can, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm deaf. I cannot wait to talk to Annie Grace. <laughs> I have so yeah. much, and I'm sure she's like, why would I want to come on squats and margaritas? But I said, I'm not trying to poke holes in it. Yeah. I, I'm curious. I'm sober curious. And she was very honest about her struggles and like where she came from and just how freeing and happy she is now. Cause she's like, it's not by the end of the book. It's like, she said, it's not making the choice to like be you just your brain. You won't even want to. And so I'm like, this is very interesting. Like she studied so much about how the brain processes things. And like also about when you had your first sip of beer and you're like, or your first sip of alcohol. And she's like, oh no, people were pushing out. Like it's an acquired taste. She's like, that should tell you something. Like it tastes horrible, but now you love it because you just keep society telling you, no, just keep drinking, keep drinking. And I'm like, this is like mind blowing. I'm very, I am definitely sober curious. I didn't know that was a word, but that's, that's me. I I had to like, clarify with Alex last week's guests of like okay I need a like actual definition of this because I was I found I was misusing it a little bit myself that'll be a really interesting conversation one of the other things that I I love that you brought up sleep and the impact that um, and how really important sleep is to you one of the message I try to leave everyone with is like look if you do nothing else if you want to just like see an instant boost in your day-to-day your performance get more sleep mm-hmm. one of my favorite stats on this kind of topic is whenever you get really an hour or more less of sleep than what you're typically used to getting 
it's cognitively the same as you going into the next day buzzed off of three to four drinks cognitively oh functioning that's what's going on in your brain so when i found well, that out i was like um well we can mutually agree that we're probably not going to have three to four drinks before we start our work day that wouldn't be probably responsible or, and that would also be behavior that we probably would want to look to get some help and change yes. so why are we doing that when we that's what exactly what we're doing when we sacrifice one or two hours of sleep for X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Not saying don't do that occasionally. Sure. Go have that fun night out with your friends. Just don't do it Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday, whenever. Exactly. Why would you set yourself up buzz to start the week? That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. You're not messing with my sleep. Like that is my, when she was like, no wine at night, she was like, you can have that glass of wine, but that, and then she's like, it's just one. you just build up to it. I'm sure that's what you did. Like one less but I'm like, I'm not drinking more than two, like one less. And she's like, Oh, okay. But you really are like a different, maybe that's not my messaging. Isn't that clear that like you drink every day. And I'm like, yes. And people are like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, but I have a drink and that keeps me with it. Like it, I don't feel deprived because you're not taking it away from me and I'm not going to overdo it. And it works for me after 20 years of everything not working for me. <laughs> so yeah. plus Marguerite works, balance works and you're, it's sustainable. You're not the mom that's doing the cardio twice a day. No, I was. You no, know, and, and sitting in the bathtub with her full bottle of wine, you know, being like, I, I don't know what those things you're like, and why I am I not losing weight? More. What's going yes, on? Yes. And I was frustrated. And now it's like, just let yourself have what you want. Not a ton. Don't overdo it. It's moderation. It's mm. not like, I see too, I follow so many fitness people that are like, this is me in 2011 when I restricted and was obsessed and all these things. Here's me living with moderation and they look sick and they're 40 now. And it's like, that's the message. I always share those. I'm like, this is it, just moderation. It didn't work for me to have a hard, everything's cut out. If I know I can have it, maybe I don't want to have it, but I'm allowed to, mm. I'm going to, this is my jam. I'm going to stay with it. But if you say I can't have it, like it's it, I'm one point I'm going to have like a glass of wine at a wedding or something and be like, I had it. Like you have to start all over. So I might as well just have yep. a bottle. And that's just how I operated. So this works for me. I love it. I'm so happy you have found this, this balancing act, your scale, what, what has worked <laughs> for you. Aaron, I want to, this has been a blast and I want to be <laughs> respectful of your time because I know you're a busy woman. You got all the roles that you're playing. Um, I want to ask you the fast five, which are rapid fire. We're going to oh, go one sentence, one word. They're, they're relatively easy. I think you'll crush it here. <laughs> um, first one being what's your go-to podcast that you're jamming out to other than your own, because you got that too. I like, is it real pod Victoria Garrick? Beautiful. Great choice. Uh- Yes. Mental fitness of athletes. And I'm, I'm into it. Yes. Yeah. She, I love her messaging as well. Number two, mm-hmm. what is your favorite book that you've read in the past year? Um, I'm reading it right now. It's called, I'm almost done with it. It's called life's messy live happy by Cy Wakeman. And she's like a leadership coach about mindset. I'm, I'm kind of like on a mindset spiritual thing mm. right now. Um, but Cy Wakeman, life's messy, live happy. Beautiful. Number three, what's a quote that you live by? Opportunity dances with those on the dance floor. Got to get out there and dance, huh? <laughs> um, number four, what's something you can't live without? Wine. <laughs> um, ooh, I think my runs, like if somebody said I can't take a run, because that's kind of like my meditation. Mm. It just, I have a better day if um, I need to go for a run every day. Headphones or no headphones? This isn't. That's so funny you asked me. It was always headphones and I like an audio book or something or my playlist. Somebody was like, you got to run without anything. I was like, there's no way I'll be so bored. But that's like when all your ideas flow. So I just started running with no headphones and it's everything. It's meditation. We got another (laughs) one. I'm a big advocate for no headphones. Yeah, Um, I just learned it like, honestly, like two weeks ago. Beautiful. Just wait till you look. It's. (laughs) Once you start like getting a half marathon, well, I don't know if you do like super long runs. I've gotten up to like 20 miles, no headphones. And it's amazing. It's how do you like, I feel like I would have so many thoughts that I would want to like, like jot down, jot it down. You do, you just bring like a phone and you can put Um, it in your I'll have my phone. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll, um, 
I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big uh, Vernaler. Voice note. I, I voice I voice journal to myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's been one of the ways. It's hard to listen back to them sometimes because you're a little bit labored running, running <laughs> yeah. but hey. But you don't want to lose it. all the good stuff that's flowing while you're running. Exactly. All the creative ideas. Yeah. Last last question I got for you, number five. If you could sum up your focus right now into one word, what would that be? Mm. One word. I was going to say spiritual growth, but that's two words. Worth. And that is so funny. That was my power word at this women's retreat that I went to this weekend. And it was like my, that I have worth that I finally found, like after all those years of abusing my body and having no self-worth that, and I'm worthy of being on a, what's it called? Like a docket with the speakers that I was on. And then the worth that I'm trying to show women that you have and that you can find yourself, that it's not too late and that you're not too old and you can change your life and find that worth at any point that's what my book is about. And that is my power word of 2022. <laughs> I freaking love it. Aaron, where can, well, before I even ask where people can find you, I just want to say, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate okay. you, how you use your platform, how you show up with intentionality, really authentic, and just you're open, you're honest. You are sharing truly <laughs> what's going on in your life, propane, mm-hmm. no propane in your house. <laughs> It's Damn. all there. Um, where can people find you and, and find uh, more right. of you, find the book, all of that stuff? The book is on Amazon, Squats and Margaritas, A Journey to Finding Balance. My podcast, Squats and Margaritas, is wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and I have a blog, squatsandmargaritas.com. And my Instagram is, you'll never guess, Squats and Margaritas. Man, I am always envious when someone has like all of the stuff under one brand. <laughs> it's so easy yeah yeah you just gotta go get it right away when i thought of the name i was like oh nobody had it this is mine i love it aaron again (laughs) thank you so much we'll stop there appreciate you hanging with us today finding balance isn't easy but restricting yourself isn't the way to do it either honor what your body needs and it will reward you tenfold if this episode positively impacted you please share with a friend a family member or a teammate and spread those good vibes remember you're tuned into forever athlete radio where together we go far until next week flow on my friends Mm -hmm.